I probably lived six, seven lifetimes in my 42 years of living, where I just went down all these different paths. Some of them good, some of them really bad and dark. And But I've been a lot of places that people have been. And so when they're talking, I'm able to just really just be like, okay, I see where the heart set, what they're going through. And I, and sometimes I'll even be like, what would it be like um, to put in their, to, to be in their shoes? everybody to the men's pit podcast and i'd like to welcome uh, everybody i'm here with my co-hosts ephraim and dennis and we'd like to welcome brian and carlos today thank you guys for being here good morning all today has just been a very this week has been a very interesting week and i'm just gonna just jump into it today's been a very interesting week and first and foremost i would just like to um, get any praise reports from any of the men of how they've seen God overcome things in their lives that they've been struggling with throughout the week. I wouldn't say it's for me specifically, but I've had a, a gentleman who's been down in his luck that uh, has been rooming with us for the past several months. And one of the guys in my other men's group has, through the connections, basically he has a job i believe is going to start in two weeks for 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 david and that can be has a potential to turn from part-time to full-time in the area that he's been has 30 years experience as a painter so it's been what we've been praying for and hopefully this is going to be a very good thing because he'll you know, be around another christian guy in, a, in my other men's group i think that's definitely a praise report into that anybody else any praises that they got you know for me it's not not for me but i have my boys graduate this weekend it was an honor oh, to yeah. see congratulations yes. man it was an honor to see them especially be graduating with honors and my boy jude was the valedictorian gave a great speech four minute speech it was very touching and humbling to see him grow since i raised him since they were four years old and and see them grow the way up to, to, to be men that God's prepared them for. Uh, it was an honor to see that. And I was very blessed. So it was, it was a chaotic weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, man. Definitely congratulations on that. That's It's amazing watching those boys, especially Jude, man. Like, that kid's really blossomed a lot, man, Since even since I've met him, man. He just, he, he's just a... They both are, man. Like, they got some special boys, man. To be really honest about it, man. Like, uh, how you pulled that off, man? Who knows? Hey, man. <laughs> you're a good God, father, man. man. It's a testament to what God's done in your life, man. You're a good father, bro. It's awesome watching it, man. Just praise God for that. So, <laughs> you yeah, had nothing bro. to do with it. Yesterday, I did. I had my first session with the youth initiative for Revolution Church, right? And so I go there at six o'clock. I'm sitting there. 
And of course, the kids are like, hey, we're going to be there and all that kind of stuff. I, I went there with Justice. I went to Sonic with Justice uh, on Friday. And so none of the kids show up and I'm sitting there in this room and I'm sitting in this room and I'm just like, man, I like there's been plenty of times in youth ministry, especially starting off in youth ministry, where you just sit in an empty room. No, none of the kids show up. That's just part of the game. And so I'm sitting there and I'm a little disappointed stuff like that. But I'm one of the things like if you read the pamphlet, what well, you need is structure first. You need the people that's going to be able to be in it. So I was praying and I was like, Lord, I don't want to do this by myself. I don't want to be the only one in this room trying to make it happen, trying to get it done, end up getting burnt out and all that other kind of stuff. But that's my biggest fear. And to be really honest about starting youth ministry again. And, and I'm sitting there, I was like, Lord, you got to bring the right people to me. And I get up to leave and go home because nobody's there. And here pulls in this lady named Christine out of nowhere. <laughs> and, she's, and she's like, and she comes and she's like, we had this conversation about just youth ministry and where she's been. And, and, and we end up talking for about three hours. And you can tell this is a woman that's been in the trenches has dealt with, she She knows, she understands what it's going to take to actually do this youth initiative and really do this youth ministry and flush it out. A lot of times you have people that volunteer in youth ministry, but they don't necessarily understand what it takes to really reach teens on a high level. And our church really needs that. Our church really needs like the the influx of youth, especially that age group between 16 through 20. Because that's your next leaders. Those are your next workers. Youth brings like a lot of youth brings future to your church. And and just having that set up correctly is it's very important. And and just talking to this lady, like she she absolutely gets it. And it was just a godsend because I literally prayed it and then God answered and answered in such a big way, man, where it's just okay. Because I feel like I'm called to evangelism and I don't know what God's going to do with my life with that, but I believe I'm supposed to go get the kids and bring them in, but I'm, I'm not supposed to be the one to run and lead youth groups like that portion of my life is over. But I'm, I do believe that I'm called to train people to do those kind of things and create infrastructure um, and lay the groundwork um, for the bigger picture of reaching the masses. Yeah. So it was just, that was just a real blessing yesterday because I was bummed out and then God was just like, no, don't be bummed out. I had the reason, because the thing is, if the kids had been there, I would not have been able to talk to her as long as I did and get to know her and hear her story and tell her my story and uh, know that I had a solid person coming aboard. So that was just a huge blessing. It was a huge blessing, man. So that that was awesome, getting man. all the stuff done, man. I did my first. I did my first bit of editing for this video for for Revolution, right? I did my first bit of editing, and all by myself, like a big boy. And it was <laughs> it was it took me so long to do a minute and twenty six six second video. He saw the video. It was pretty decent, man. I think I'm proud yes. of it. I don't know anything. Yes. I don't care what anybody it does. Was I'm proud of it. It was decent. <laughs> You can tell it was edited, so it was decent. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, but it was just really cool because the girl, the woman that that God gave me, Aya, her name is Aya, and just 
everything that I ever have ideas that I have and I put into her hand, she takes those ideas and makes them into something greater, like every single time. And so we just collabed on just the brochure for it and all different types of things. And she just took those things. This is what she said to me, actually. It was really funny. I was like, she was like, listen, it's just like making a baby. You're supposed to give me your seed and I'll make a baby with it. And I was just like, I was looking at it. I was like, when she said it to me, I was like, I was like, wait, what? I know what you're doing. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know exactly what you're doing. And we went slick there. But at the same time, it was, it has been her character and the way that she thinks. And which is very refreshing because a lot of women just these days, they don't think like this. And, or I haven't met too many that has thought this way. And, and it was just, it's really cool because she lives that out. And so those are my, those are my two things, man. I was just really, I I kept pumping that seed into her. (laughs) She Mm. kept giving me babies, man. So that was, that was nice. (laughs) It was really nice what we accomplished together. That's fabulous. Um, yeah, just uh, I need to to make make a note here that I have a hard stop at seven a.m. myself this morning, so I just want wanted right. you to be aware of that my uh, no problem, man, no problem. We're gonna be cooking here pretty in, in, a, in uh, a quick second. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pray, and I'm gonna go ahead and get started. And I think I think this is gonna be a good one for us today because this is about how we're going to um about spreading the gospel and how we go about doing it Heavenly father i just thank you for this day lord i thank you lord for each and every single one of these men lord dennis carlos brian and ephraim lord i just i'm, I'm so overjoyed lord, to see brian today overjoyed to see carlos lord and of course my brothers lord and just thank you lord for bringing us to the foot of your cross lord at 5 45 in the morning lord and i'm just grateful that we get to do this together, Lord. Pray that you just open up our hearts, open up our minds to what it is that you are calling us to hear, how you're calling us to walk, Lord. And Lord, help us to become the men, Lord, that you have called us to be, Lord, to be men after your own heart, to be your friends, Lord, and just to be your sons. your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So as I am reading Daily with the King, this is a book, a brother of mine that has passed. His name is Dave Sherman. It's a devotional book that I got from him, actually from his wife. And God's calling me to do a little something with that also, podcasting. But this is, I love these things because it really makes you think about where you are with God and and your position with Him. And this one right here is called Identifying with Others. It says, in order to be an effective servant of Jesus Christ, I must learn the meaning of identification with others. Aaron, the high priest, wore the names of Israel's tribes on the shoulder and breast, a beautiful symbol of the identification of the priest with the people. In the most absolute sense possible, Jesus, our high priest, became us, not merely becoming man, but in becoming our sin bearer. Identification with others is more than bearing one another's burdens. It is stepping into another person's shoes. Since we cannot do this literally, it must be done vicariously and spiritually. It means feeling the hurt, the pain, and the sin if they are on their own. Paul felt his heart and the very loneliness of his Jewish brothers. 
We cannot adequately pray for others until we identify with them to the point where the thing that we pray for become ours. When Rehaus, founder of the Bible College of Wales, prayed for a tubercular woman, God said to him, will you become tubercular for her sake? Of course, God did not perform the transaction, but his servant had to be willing, and thus knowing his true identification. The burden of identification is the true burden of the Lord. Nothing is exhausting and depleting. That is where the battle occurs and the resting, wrestling takes place. Um, and the wrestling takes place. Excuse me. The greatest victory God can give us is coming out of identification with others in comparison. Jesus will build the scars of identification with us forever. And so will I if I follow him in that direction. Yet that direction lies, yet in that direction lies his and my greatest glory. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people. Hebrews 6, 10. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. This is, this verse is, this is, I, I believe, one of the most important things that you have to understand when you are witnessing to other people or you're stepping into other people's lives or you're being a discipler, a leader, any of those kind of things is to have that ability to identify with others. And identifying with others is more than just saying, I get it. It is really honestly in that moment, loving and caring that for that person so much that not only do you see their their point of view, you live their you live their point of view for that moment. And a lot of times people wonder how I am such a like they go, hey man, you're just one of the most amazing people I've ever seen reach people and stuff like that. But the reason why is, and that is the biggest reason why I didn't actually know it until I read this. <laughs> like I read this, and I was like, oh. That's what I do. <laughs> but that is, in essence, how I am very effective. That and it's just a gift that the Holy Spirit has given me to be able to see into people's lives a little bit deeper than what they expect me to be able to. And But that's really what happens. It's just like in that moment, it's just me and that person, and I'm loving them so much. I see them the way God's seeing them. And then, so when they're telling me the things, because I usually ask them about themselves and what they're going through, and or if even if I'm sharing my story with them, I am seeing that person in my story, or I'm seeing me in their story, because I've walked so many different paths in my life, and I, I think that's why, which is really cool about the journey of my life. Like I was a very, I, I did, I probably lived six, seven lifetimes in by 42 years of living where i just went down all these different paths some of them good some from really bad and dark and but i've been a lot of places that people have been and so when they're talking i'm able to just really just be like okay i see where their heart set what they're going through and i and sometimes i'll even be like what would it be like um, to put in their sh- to to be in their shoes. For instance, my girlfriend Aya was talking about um, how some of her women, um, where she lives at, um, 
they have these households. And so what they do is sometimes they come from the they come from the Philippines and they leave their families to come and work in Singapore because they make more money and to be able to send back home and take care of their families. But then they're stuck in this kind of conundrum of they're over there for years just working. They don't really get to go back and see their families or anything like that. And she couldn't understand this concept. Like she was just like, because women will be end up start dating other people and having boyfriends and different things like that. And 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 at the, at that point, she was I wouldn't say judgmental, but was just like I just she didn't understand like how they could do that because in her mind, just loyalty and stuff like that. And then I was talking to her, and I was just like, you. While we were talking, I could see myself in their shoes. Like how you're over here working. You're alone. You're lonely. You don't have your husband. You don't have nobody with you. And those ladies, when they work, man, they work so much. They work so much. And so, and then they send that money back. They they don't get to watch their kids grow up. They don't have any intimacy with the person that, that they've married to even to have to come and do those things. And most of the time, the breadwinners. And I was just telling her from the perspective of just being like, you know, like understanding like that kind of loneliness. And then like how you can make decisions out of that loneliness and how it's just not so simple sometimes. It's just somebody cheating. It's just, you got to feel like that person doesn't even really feel like they even have a marriage at that point when they're sitting there for years and there's nobody to, they're doing all this work. There's nobody to come home to. There's nobody to tell you that you're pretty and that you're a good job or how I appreciate you cook for you, bring you flowers, but you have somebody here that's right next to you that sees you. And then the next thing, like you're in this other relationship and it's a pretty common thing. And, and, and I saw where for that moment, she put herself in their shoes and her whole mind, she was like, she's oh man, like I'd never even thought about it that way. And then you saw her put herself in their shoes and then her heart change drastically towards that situation. There's been many times where that's happened with me and, and, and different things like that. But so has there been any times where you've had to identify with others and you've seen that play out or seen this play out in your life or seen where a lack of this has played out in your life and it's caused a issue that I can do both? Floor is open, fellas. Might help if I turned my mic on. I was just getting ready to tell you, man. <laughs> but, you know, I was relating a lot to what you were saying. I guess I've always been, thinking back on my life, always been fairly empathic towards others. And I uh, was always told when I was, even in, all the way back in high school, that people felt like they could talk with me about things like they would not never talk with anybody else about and I think part of that is a willingness to just listen and to not listen ju with judgment, but to listen, to understand and to, and to accept and be where they're at. I have, I don't, I haven't t gotten to the step where you still amaze me when I see you talk to people and are able to take that, whatever that situation is and turn it into a conversation that is meaningful to the, the this other person about salvation about faith in christ 
I do understand what you're talking about in terms of being able to put yourself in that situation with the other person that you're dealing with and come to an understanding easier. And I just, I see that in a lot of areas of my life that people, and people say, my wife is in particular says, everybody's drawn to you, Dennis. <laughs> they, they, how can they not love you? Because you know, every, everybody, because you love everybody else. <laughs> so I do, I, I do understand from that perspective what you're saying. And I agree. I think it's something that I don't know if I was just uh, how that happened because we can all choose to be focused on ourselves and ignore others, but that just didn't seem how I was in my, in my character, even from, from my childhood on, but because I'm always thinking here, how can we help others who may be wrestling with this? I don't know that I have a practical answer to that. Interesting. I think a part that when you say that, I think a part that was that really stuck out to me, it says identification with others is more than bearing one another's burdens. It is stepping into the shoes of another person. Since we cannot do this literally, it must be done vicariously and spiritually. It means that the hurt, the pain, and the, it means feeling the hurt, the pain, and the sin as if it were our own. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times that is one of those things where we, sh I know I struggle with that sometimes, to be honest, but then there comes a moment because I don't want to feel those things from people but then I have to allow it to happen. And I think that right there, I think that's a very radical way of dealing with the person in front of you. Because think about this. So me, you, and E. Here, E, E. This is another really good example. E, I'm, I'm going to ask permission. Can I use when I saw you and your brothers see each other, saw each, seeing each other? Sure. There was a graduation party that I went to with E. And and this has nothing to do with, with sin or anything like that. It was just like filling the moment. Uh, of your of your brother and identifying with that, and so we were sitting in the in the back where where they were serving the food in the kitchen, and his brother came in, and this dude lit up like like it was like a light bulb like how he already high yellow and light skin and then he just just started beaming right and he's oh my brother man my brother's here and he got up and he went over there and stuff like that and like in that exact moment, I felt that same. I felt that same joy, like it was my brother that walked into the room. Like I was just like, I was so excited to to meet him and and all that other kind of stuff. And it, it really just, it was a cool moment to like, to watch in his life. And there's been other times where um, he has been going through things and, or Dennis, like when you were going through some stuff, man, not too long ago, especially when you, when you're with your back and all that kind of stuff. And I could just see you walking around hurting. There was, those are times where I, I truly actually feel that pain. And that gives me more motivation incentive to speak into your lives very truthfully and honestly about what the word of God says about things, because I'm feeling that pain and that hurt and that suffering also. Mm -hmm. And there's been times where I, I know you guys done the same for me. Dennis, like one of the things you were saying, like for me, man, just, Hey, you, you seen, you saw my suffering and the things that I, I, I wasn't able to, 
do and then you're like hey i'm gonna help you get this thing started to help you with this podcasting you're coming on and you're putting action to the words of how you feel about me so is e and you guys are helping me with this podcast that's what it takes to actually reach people right. because to be honest i need i really actually need you guys to feel what's going on with me to help so you understand and you and you would help me get these things done and because we have that symbiotic relationship we're going to be able to do so many greater things and when you're reaching people and you have that kind of mentality where you're feeling that other person that's in front of you and next to you what how you reach people just dramatically goes up how you're able to speak into their lives and all the other kind of stuff because you're really actually paying attention to that person in front of you People in the world need you to feel that you understand their sin. That's a crazy thing. But like when they're talking to you so many times when I'm talking to my neighbors or different people or witnessing the people, they're telling me all the stuff that they've done or they're doing and they open up like that. The despair of that sometimes is massive. And they're already feeling that condemnation. And the last thing that you want to give them is more condemnation because now that you feel how they're feeling, you, how are you going to respond to them? When you, especially when you have the light of Christ in your life, you, he said there's no condemnation that he gives, man. And so like the way you love them out of that situation, now you're able to talk to them and, and speak to them the truth of what the gospel is because there's no condemnation. And, and you feel that burden. When they're sitting there and they're talking about, man, how they just lost their brother or they just lost their mother or whatever it is that's going on. And you can really truly feel that pain of that hurt and that loss. And you can see it in their eyes. It gets transferred to you. Now you know how to minister to them deeper and better because like you're caring for your heart at that moment because their heart becomes yours. And that's how we, we even got here to this point to do what we're doing to talk to all these different men about what it is that's going on in our life. It's because at some point or another, we were able to take on the other person's heart. And then it became ours. And now this is what we're doing. So that's why identifying is such a huge tool in your life and it's one of the greatest tools that you can use that it's one of the greatest tools that you can actually what's the word i want to use it's one of the greatest tools that you can actually internalize into yourself and cultivate like it's something that you should cultivate no matter if you don't have that skill or not as a christian you have to you should and you should and you have to i agree and i love it and I'm, I'm just thinking, I don't know Carlos, and I don't know his background. I know he can't join us uh, on the audio here to give us feedback right now. But I, and I think, have a sense that Ephraim has this, a similar kind of ability that he may think is, I'll let him speak for himself. But I'm just, I'm wondering if we can speak about practical steps for somebody else who may be listening to this once it's broadcast to say, man, I just don't, I can't seem to get that kind of empathy or that ability to step into that other person's shoes at all <laughs> and say, okay, what can we do? We're doing that and we're reflecting on how we've done that, maybe how we can do it better. But I'm just thinking about what can we offer 
to the guy who uh, says, hey, I just don't have that skill. That's actually the simplest answer to that of all times right there. You have a father yeah. God that wants you to reflect him. You just ask. You yeah. ask him. That's his gift. Yes. He's, he's given he's given us if you if you take it, it's just very appealing to me because God gives us all spiritual gifts, which is all in first Corinthians twelve. If you go to first Corinthians twelve to ten, he, it, it means that to understand and know something through the power of the spirit. What Patrick is saying and, and what you're saying, Dennis, is that we all have this gift. It's refining the gift. It's, it's the issue. When you're living out the word in, in your life, in crisis in your life, you get to be in those positions and feel those people's pains because you're discerning. God is giving you that spirit of discerning, which is a spiritual gift. And how to refine that in a sense spiritually to to incorporate the word because the word is living right so the word is flesh is made by flesh is in you so the way patrick does it is such a unique way that god is using it because in reality patrick is a is an evangelist right so we all have that we all have that little gift of evangelism as well in our own way some more than others like patrick i i in, in reality if we was to have a conscience which god is not about contest we will fail because Patrick is on a different level when it comes to that spiritual gift. God enhances those. We all have the gifts and spirit, but this we all have an individual uh, gift that God enhances. Bringing the word as an evangelist to the masses the way Patrick does it is something that some other people, they see that as that's wonderful, but can I do that? They're afraid of that. And when they start tapping into the Lord, in a special way and actually laying their lives down as we always talk about you end up finding that enhanced of that gift raises another bar and, and when it raises another bar you, you you tend to feel what that person has you tend to be in those shoes and then when you're in those shoes and you're speaking and you're doing it and you're, you're acting with, with, with uh, you, you, your face is being motivated and, it's, and, it's, and you, you're taking it with action all of a sudden God starts revealing things when you start incorporating that word. And next thing you're witnessing. Yep. That's how it goes. It's step by step. Uh, not everybody has it, but everybody has it because it's, it's a gift that God has given all of us. Uh, it's just refining it to a point that God will use it for Dennis, right. uh, for me, for, for Carlos, for Brian. We're all individuals and God uses those individualities in, in his only way that Knows, knows how to do it for Dennis, for me, for Carlos, for Brian. And the way he has it for Patrick is in a different level that that we uh, we have that gift. We can match that gift, but it, we may have something else that Patrick doesn't have that, that God has supersede on that gift that we can use in the kingdom. We're all, we're all little tools in the bag, right? And we all work together for the glory of God. So God uses every tool that he has in this repertoire to get the word out. Right. And I guess I was thinking about this from the standpoint of if somebody else who may be watching this, I do understand that, and I appreciate that. And I guess I just want to be encouraging to say that if somebody was listening and thinking that I just could never do that. I just don't see how that's possible. I think that we're all called to 
evangelism and that God in the in in his word says go out and spread the word to all the nations and yet so few of us actually do and that's where I'm I'm looking at and saying hey we can do this you can do this no matter where you're at no matter where you're coming from no matter how into you know yourself that you've been uh, up to this point in your life that you know God calls gives us a new heart and God calls us to renew our minds daily and so I think that what I want to be able to do is to say to any person who's listening to this men primarily if there's women who watch this in the future every person can take the situation that you're in you can choose to listen to what the other person is saying and as you patrick were saying you can choose to identify with not only what that person's feeling but also the sin that's in their life and feel the pain that's associated with that and from that point be able to and that perspective be able to talk about what's what the answers that god is providing that jesus that faith in christ and salvation can bring into your life um, i'm just saying hey yes i i love hanging around patrick i love watching you do what you do man it's awesome and it's an inspiring to me but i'm wanting to encourage everybody to to just be in that moment be there present with that person and uh, as, as he was saying you, you you may not recognize it, but it's prompting the Holy Spirit that is helping you to interact with that person who, who needs you and needs your understanding. It, the, the crazy part is that a lot of us have this gift, and but we don't know how to use it. People that, that are new in Christ have it. They just don't know how to use it. They're timid. And as their walk continues to grow, that continues to grow. And then when their conversations, instead of having, I wouldn't say meaningless conversations, but a lot of us have a lot of meaningless conversations. All of a sudden, those conversations become more uh, meaningful because Christ is incorporated in that talk. And you don't even realize that next thing you know, you witness to somebody and then you start discerning like, whoa, this person, what this person is talking about, I walk those shoes or I feel those shoes. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh. And then the, all of a sudden, the sermon comes in and the Lord gives you a, uh, a word of knowledge that you didn't, you'd never had before. And then you end up start speaking into this person's life. I'm trying to look up this verse real quick. All right, here's what it says. It says, asking it will be given unto you. Seeking you will find, not going to be open unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? And this verse is very important because a lot of times when we read this verse, we do we we don't think about the how practical God is. God, a lot of times we we hear that verse that says, "Asking it will be given unto you, seeking you will find." When we when they talk about those things, a lot of times we think it's talking about the physical. We're thinking of talking about riches and money and, and paying our bills and getting us a car or, or all these other things. But God's saying that if you ask me for my gifts, for my treasures, and you got to think about what the heart of God is. If, if 
the Great Commission tells you to go and tell other people about him and go and make disciples. If he tells you to do that, do you not think that God's going to equip you to do those things? And um, because he's always going to equip his children with the things that they need to be able to do that he do to do the things that he's telling them to do. This is who God is. This is how he works. He operates. But a lot of times in that equipping, we don't understand that he's equipping us, that he's already equipped us. We don't understand that we're his sons and we don't walk in the authority that he's already giving us. So if we're talking about the practical of, hey, how do I do this? And you don't, and you don't know how to do it. And the thing is that I, there's a point in a time in my life where I didn't know how to do this. That's the truth of it. But it was, I want to tell many people about Christ because I saw that that was the need that was around me. That was the thing that he was calling out of me to do. And so it took at, at one point or another, it took me actually just trusting that God wanted me to do that and in doing it. Um, there's not there's there's not a secret sauce to this thing. If you want to become a carpenter, what do you go do? You go learn the carpenter trade. So you pick up a hammer and a nails, you go find somebody that knows how to do those, how to be a, who is a carpenter. You should go up and, and you intern at that or you go to school for it. If you want to be a doctor, you go to school, you get around the people that are doctors that are already have been to that place. They come and they teach you how to do those things. And then they say, you're a doctor working on people. Everything that we've ever done in life to get to where we are, it took first steps of us walking in those directions, especially when it comes to the skills and the things that we want to do. The thing is that, I, yeah, I don't know how to, any other way to be but blunt. Okay. And, and, but I want to encourage you in this and not be condemning in it. But I have to tell the truth about it. How many of us really actually want to truly witness to people? That is the question you have to answer for yourself. And because when usually when we want to do something, we want to get to that basketball game. We want to go and like the things that we want to do. We move mountains to make that possible in our lives. This is the truth of things. And so it's got to be something that you actually want to do. You have to want to tell other people about Christ. And the thing is, if you don't have that desire, ask him for it. And it says right here in his word, it says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek it and you shall find. And so he's saying, if you need to, if you want to know this, you ask me, I'll give it to you. You seek the the things that 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 uh, of me in my heart. He said, "You'll find it." Knock on the door. When you are seeking for something, and you're like, or you need to get to that house because you want to get the, that treasure that you have. When you knock on the door, are you going to just knock and walk away? Or are you going to keep knocking and knocking and knocking and banging? Hey, are you in there? Are you in there? Yeah, I got to get in there. That's what you're going to do. And so that's the that's really truly the attitude that you have to have. And when you're doing that, it says for everyone who asks, receives. So he says the gift is already given to you. If you ask it, he so he tells you right up front. It says right up front, if you ask, then you're going to receive it. He said, the one who knocks is going to be open up to him. 
And then he like he at the same time he goes, This is this is the thing that's crazy to me about how Jesus, when he talks to us, he's I want you to really think about the son. Let me think about this. Now, if one of you, if you had a son, if you had a daughter and it was to ask you for something to eat, don't you think I'm gonna give it to you? And you think I'm gonna give you a rock? If you ask me for a piece of bread, I'm gonna give you a rock so you can break up your teeth. I'm gonna give you the best bread that I got. That's that is his heart. He's gonna give you what you asked for. If you ask me for a fish, so you can like eat real healthy, get them omegas and all the other kind of stuff. You think I'm gonna just sit there? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a steak at you so you can be bitten? Mm-hmm. No, sir. Mm-hmm. I said, I got you, son. And so that's how you have to walk being his son, knowing that the gift is already given, that if you ask for that, for that ability, he's gonna do it for you. And I want to interject here, just, just for those that are listening and for those that listen in the future, what you're practicing is from Matthew 7, 11. So those who know they want to find that actual verse, and you should find, you should it, 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 ask and it will be given to you. And if you seek, you will find it. Knock and it will be opened to you. Also, I wanted to say that comes with James 1, 5, 8. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. <laughs> it comes with that as well. He gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. But let him ask with in faith without doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea driving and tossing by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And an in, in, in indecisive man is unstable in all his ways. You get what that means, right? You got to make sure that you're asking with confidence and faith. Because if you're doubting, then you just like to see tossing yourself left and right, getting banged up, and you're just in this decisive man, and God is not going to work with that. It's so important that we, when we ask, make sure you ask with a pure heart and that you're confident that when you're asking, God's going to give it to you. You know that God's going to give it to you. Because if you're doubting it, you ain't going to get it. You ain't going to have that discernment. You, you're asking the wrong way. And God is, you unstable, man. I'm not doing anything for you. <laughs> so we got to re- be mindful of that. And that wisdom comes from walking with God. He, 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 Like I said before, he grows us from one degree to another. And that wisdom and discernment comes hand in hand. So I want to throw well, that I, in there. I, I like that, uh, E, and I really think that brings to mind a, a topic for <clears throat> probably for another uh, episode here about when forgive me of my age here I'm, I'm blanking on the word you used but when you're indecisive okay or because i can remember a time in my youth when i was i don't know if i'd call it indecisive but i was wrestling with my faith and torn between all kinds of different things i'm i think that's a subject probably possibly even multiple subjects that we can get into to talk about if you find yourself in a, a position where you're being tossed from side to side and clearly the word says that god's not gonna can't use you in that way how do you get to a point of of decisiveness and the like so great word there e thank you we're coming up to the end of our uh, podcast here want to thank again E, Dennis, Carlos for being here today and Brian for jumping on for the time that you did. And uh, brothers, let's just really ask God 
about how to identify with others. That's going to be your greatest tool in sharing the light of who he is in your life. It's being able just to identify with others. That's what Jesus did. He just identified with people. He went and he sat where they were at, literally, no matter who they were, what they had done, who they had been. And he was the greatest example of that. And that's what we get to be. Never, not even we get to be, he says that we can be greater than him in these areas and do greater things. So that's what he says, that we can be greater than he ever was. That's the thing that blows my mind, that we can be greater than Jesus in the things that he did on this earth. And so that's the encouragement that you should walk away from this thing with. That's what it encourages me. It's, oh man, like he does say in his word that I can be do things greater than he ever did. So right. does that really actually mean? And it's, it's, it's just this. Do you believe the Bible or not? Do you believe your own doubts? Do you believe your own fears? Do you believe your own things that say that you can't, what the world says? Or do you believe the actual word of God, the infallible word of God that says, where he's telling you from his mouth, this is who you can be. Do you believe that? Are you going to identify with him? And so that's the thing that you have to come to terms with. Who do you actually identify with? You touched on my favorite verse, 1 John 4, for greater is he in us than he of the world. So that's Jesus in us than Satan out in the world. So love that verse. Amen to that. Thank you for listening to the Pit Podcast with Dennis Ephraim and Patrick. And we can't wait to to do this again. I think we have a, a good subject for next week, which is going to, I think we're going to talk about Ooh. indecisiveness. But that's a great deal. But you guys be blessed out there. Go find out your identity in Christ and then go identify with others so they can understand how to identify with Christ. All right. Amen. Walk in that God-given calling that he's given you. And ask him for the things that you need to ask him for because you are his son. That's right. And that's all you ever have to be. And because you're a son, he's going to give you every good thing. All right. So thank you for joining us. Love you all. You guys have a great day. God bless.